Yeah, man. It's going on. It. Looks like we made it. <laughs> I appreciate it. I do. You know, normally I don't follow up and call somebody this soon, but I have another interview right after you. And so I'm trying to You're stay good, man. I, I got here to the studio right in time and uh, it just took me a second to get everything set up. But I appreciate it. Yeah, it's man. A, it's a absolute pleasure to finally uh, meet you and get a chance to talk with you and find out what makes Will tick. Can we do that? Cheers, man. Thank you for your time as well, man. This will be fun. I enjoy yeah. doing it. Yeah. So you are, you're an interesting cat from, from a, a lot of perspectives. One is, is that you're a multi-instrumentalist. You, you, you're not a one trick pony. You know, most guys got one thing they can do and they barely do that, but you can do multiple things. I got to ask you though, what did you start off with? Mm -hmm. And what was it that made you decide I need to, I need to know more? Yeah, well, I, I still, I still need to know more, but no, that's a good question. Uh, Cause it's kind of interesting. I started off on piano and, and instruments were all around me at all, all times, but I started off on piano and drums, probably drum set, probably the exact same time around, around eight or nine years old. I was, I was playing both those instruments and taking actual piano lessons. And I really, uh, you know, I've seen a lot of kids now that I'm a parent, I've seen a lot of kids uh, start piano lessons and it's really hard for them to make it interesting. But for some reason, I soaked it up. I love music theory. I love the most boring of the boring. Uh, yeah. And and piano being the, the root of my musical base, uh, just kind of like, I don't think of myself necessarily as a multi-instrumentalist. I mean, that's, that's the uh, definition, but... I'm just, a, I play any instrument because that piano is the bass. Um, and, uh, it, and an interesting thing I always tell people is like, um, to break that down for you, or maybe something you can understand. Even when I'm playing bass guitar with Collective Soul, in my mind, it's a piano keyboard and I'm melodically, harm harmonically, I'm understanding the whole setup, and but I'm thinking about the notes like it's a keyboard. I'll be darn. I'll be darn. It's so, uh, but, but, you know, some people go down that, that, that rabbit hole of learning a bunch of different instruments because you can work more, right? Let, let's face it. If you can, if you could play a variety of different instruments, especially in the beginning, it's easy to get, to get, you know, more working at. Is yeah. that one of the reasons you did it? Or was it simply out of a passion and love for, for just playing music? Yeah, it was just a simple, simple passion and being around it my whole life. And um, it was one of my, Paul Cook is a dear friend. He used to record at my father's studio all the time. And he, he actually came in and recorded here at the studio a couple of weeks ago. But he was one of my mentors growing up, uh, about 10 years older than me. He was the youth group minister. But uh, I remember Paul said, Will can take a, a table and a chair, turn it upside down and still make it sound good, which I, I just... <laughs> I just play instruments, you know, it's nothing right, it's not a choice. Right. I just, I like instruments and I play instruments. Yeah. Do you collect as well? I mean, you know, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, up I, everywhere. I, I'm, I'm guessing that, you know, it's gotta be, you know, I know how hard it is for me as a guitar player, you know, because I've got a ton of guitars and amps and pedals and stuff like that. I yeah. can imagine that if you, you know, were coming at it from all different perspectives, that you would have such a huge variety of, of gear around you in that, you know, all time. Yeah, 
and there's always something I think of and I just start perusing, you know, reverb yeah. and eBay. Uh, but I love collecting. I mean, yeah, right now I'm on the hunt for a cool baritone guitar. I need a good, I've got one that I can use, but I need another good baritone, you know, so especially in the studio, it's, it's those niche weapons, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've got a, uh, you know, the, the, the 12 strings, the, the baritone guitars, the, uh, the the ones that I leave in Nashville tuning, uh, you know, there's all kind of like little, but you need you need like a switchblade around at all times so you can get some different instruments here in the studio. Yeah, you know? right, right. So do you spend most of your time working in the studio? Is that is that what you do with the majority of your time? Yeah, man. I mean, Collective Soul. We don't slow down. We're still creating. We just finished another record, uh, and so if I'm not working with Collective Soul, uh, it still flows through our blood. It doesn't matter if it's live music or creating something new so we're still busy but if i'm not doing that i'm here at real to real studios uh producing and, and writing some of my own stuff and uh just really enjoying pouring my energy and passion into the studio man my, my father started the studio in 1976 yeah uh, that's cool this location we're at now was built in 2001 but uh yeah man so this is this is our there's something uh Something, uh, something, you know, something here in the walls, man. There's DNA everywhere, uh, and I just, I love putting my energy here. Yeah, yeah. Well, that had to be, uh, it that had to be an amazing time growing up, though. You know, uh, with a father, you know, that had a studio and stuff like that. You know, because you know, there's there's guys that that know how to play music and can play live, but there's there's also people that don't really understand, like me. I'm not a studio guy. I'm going to admit it. I hate the studio, mm -hmm. you know, it, because it feels so different than being on stage. You know what I mean? Yeah, it is. It's completely yeah. different. Um, and there's a whole different, there's a whole different acumen and style and, and even musician, uh, you know, lingo that we use in the studio. It's a, everything's, it's kind of two different beasts uh, with collective soul. We, we like both of those beasts uh, and, Real to Real Studios was kind of why we all grew up as kind of studio guys. You can hear it, you know, you can hear it on the records, you know, right, we were, right. we, uh, we, we, we all kind of had that studio acumen because we grew up in that little town where my dad had that studio. Uh, we watched Ed work on his craft as, as head engineer at my dad's studio. He was seven, eight years older than us and the evolution you know, that once, once, once we're collective soul, we're making records, you, you kind of, you, you realize what the, uh, you know, 20 years of overnight success was, you know, <laughs> 20 years of overnight. Success. That's the way, it, that's the way it feels, isn't it? It's crazy. It's crazy. So, so, uh, you know, the, the type of band that collective soul is when I listen to the music, I expect that when I go see you guys live, you know, it's, it's like it is on the album. Is that the way it is, or do you guys give people a uh, what what I would consider a live interpretation, you know, for that moment? Yeah, we definitely uh, we love the live interpretation thing. Um, I you know I, I always hear also that we do sound like the record, so there's going to be moments when we're playing that song and we're in the verse and the chorus. I'm I'm proud of the fact that people come up to me and say, "Y'all do y'all sound." amazing y'all sound like the record but in the same breath there's going to be a whole like you know <laughs> december has turned into a seven minute song it was not recorded as a seven minute song right right right, uh, right. better now has a nice extended solo in the middle where we really did some cool arranging 
And those things are fun for us to give somebody a, a different taste. But yeah, but you know, the core of the chorus or or the verses and the, the meat of the song, I'm proud of the fact that we can sound like we do on record because that's, you know, ultimately it doesn't matter if you're live or in the studio. Part of a mix should just be turning up the players. It's not trying to fix what they're doing or trying to improve it. It's just supporting them and turning it up. Uh, and we're able to do that and we're proud of that. Yeah. 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 So do you experiment yourself personally on your own instrument on stage or do you stay in the lane? Yeah, no, that's something else I was going to bring up. Good question. Yeah. Like, so Johnny Rab um, has been playing with us now for 10 years. Uh, you know, I, I feel like I found a brother when the, the night that we uh, got together, there was, there was a good story behind that, but uh me and Johnny, yeah, we're always doing it, and it's super subtle things. I, it's nothing that um, ninety percent of the audience would even recognize, right. but of course, we're having fun and we're doing something funny on this little turnaround that we did the last night, and we tried to do it again tonight, or we're going to do it different next week. Or, yeah, we definitely have those moments because we can, we can dance around the arrangements. We can stick to the arrangement, make that song feel as powerful as it's supposed to be and still dance around a little bit and have fun together. Yeah. You know, that's, that's one of the the great things of, about being a musician and playing with other people is because like you just said, the, the audience, you know, sometimes doesn't really see or maybe grasp what's really going on in the conversation that you guys are having with each other on stage, but there's things and nuances that are, are going on that just make it really interesting and fun for you guys. Like, you know, what's the, what's the typical musician do when somebody does something really cool, everybody looks at them and smiles or laughs or, you know what I mean? Cause it's like, yeah, that was really freaking cool. And you guys see that and you guys know that it's going on, but the rest of the world, you know, on the outside doesn't, they just see just something amazing happening, you know? Yeah, there's some musos out there that know their instruments and they're watching somebody's fingers or doing, you know, but for the most part, it, it, it just boils down to energy and vibe. And that's what the audience wants. They want that energy. They want it to fill their soul and they want to participate in uh, in the room. You know, we're all part of that. The, the, the drummer at the back of the stage, all the way to the person at the top of the balcony. So that's that's what most people want when they want a live show. They want they want to experience that energy and they want to experience the memories that are associated with these songs um and it becomes a very very powerful thing yeah yeah i i I love it you know as a musician when i watch other you know uh bands play you you can tell sometimes when when there's a magical moment you know when there's something going on because you can see the 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 re uh reaction to everybody so as a musician though you know being in a band and running a studio and doing all those things takes up so much time uh how much time do you get to spend you know honing your own craft on the instrument i mean how much time do you spend you know because a lot of guys once they reach a certain point you know some guys are like i don't ever have time you know, to, to just practice or, or play and and on my own. And then there's other people that are at that level that say, I carve out this time all the time because, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm trying, where do you fall in that? Yeah. I think that's a individual kind of thing, like musician to musician. Some people like really feel like they have to sharpen their chops all the time. I feel like for 
for me, this is probably going to sound stupid, but for me, it's more about what I take in with my ears and just growing as a musician, period. Mm-hmm. And how, how do I address these songs? How do I address playing live with Johnny right now and, and the rest of my band with this audience or or look look what we did in the studio last week that that really worked out good that was that made that song more powerful i i feel like that's my evolution i'm not a um i do need to practice and keep <laughs> and stay sharp at some point but it's more it's not a it's not a chops thing for me it's more just evolving as a musician and understanding uh kind of what that can entail and how i can make that evolution tangible into in in music and song yeah. So do you feel you're at the place to where you're, you know, maybe no longer playing the instrument, you're playing the music? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's where you want to be. And that's that's right. an evolution that you're trying to get to. You're you're playing. Yes, that's that's a, that's a good way to explain it. I'll, I'll, I won't say anything after that. <laughs> well, I know as a guitar player, you know, that it it has taken it has taken me a long time to understand that it's about playing for the song as opposed to, you know, playing a guitar solo or playing a guitar part, because although you can play a guitar part in a Mm -hmm. solo and it'd be really cool and it fits and everybody loves it, there's Mm -hmm. still a difference. And Mm -hmm. I'll give you, I'll give you, for instance, Neil Sean. Yeah. There's a guy that plays for the song, his solos, everything he does fits the song like a glove. Supports the, supports the song. And, a lot of the time when you go back and listen, you, you might not notice it, but the guitar is the leader of the song without being, without being, oh, check out these chops. It's not right. that. It's literally just part of a song and it makes you feel like this is freaking cool. And you're not, you don't have to focus on exactly what he's doing. He's just leading the song. Right. Yeah. Because if you turn around and if you were to listen to the band, let's say Judas Priest, you listen to to uh, KK and Glenn Tipton. They're to me, they're not playing for the song. They're just doing solos in the song. You know, they're doing. They're just playing something really cool at the moment. Right. And I think it takes musicians. I mean, some people, uh, you know, are, are cool with where they're at, but I think other people, you know, for me, the last couple of years, it's really been about okay, how can I play more for the song? How can I? you know, compliment the music more than what it is that I'm personally just doing myself. Yeah. And it's a super hard, it's, it's not anything. Uh, it's just an evolution. It's, it's really hard to understand what that is, but it's just, uh, you know, like I said, music in it's in its purest form will, will boil down to emotion. So you just got to figure out how to, how do you support that scene? How do you, how do you make it stronger to the listener? You know? Yeah. And so what do you think, Will, that, that, that you did in the formative days, the days of developing who you are as a player, what do you think are some of the things that you've done that have made you the player that you are today? Uh, I don't know. Like, I don't know, man. I mean, if, if uh, I'll say it again, if there's anything I, I'd like to say that I did to improve the, the songs, the band, even the individual, I try to, take more in. I always say this. I try to use my ears more than I use my hands and my, in my voice. I try to take it in. And if I take it in, then somewhere along the line, I started feeling like what was coming out fit better as opposed to me thinking about what am I supposed to play here to make it fit? I just take it in and try to 
try to let try to let the natural thing happen. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've been at this myself since I, I started playing professionally in 88. And still to this day, man, my ear is horrible. I have a hard time distinguishing and, and hearing things. And some guys are just so amazing. You know, you can play something and they know it automatically what that is, you know, and, uh, you know, did that come natural for you or is that something you had to train yourself to do? There's, there's, there's a little, there's also, you know, there's going to be a little aptitude involved with, you know, anything we learn as humans. So a lot of it I felt natural about, but um, I'll go back to that music theory that I loved at eight, nine, 10 and 11 years old. So <laughs> I was connecting. I was natural with it. I, my piano teacher kept telling me over and over, quit using your ears, you know, but, uh, but, but, you know, I've already figured out these notes. Now I'm going to play it my way a little bit, you know, but in the same breath, I was learning that technical side and I really loved and soaked up music theory. So for me, the combination of understanding key signatures and chords at a very early age, being able to hear them uh, as the Jonesboro train, I usually shut the door so you can't hear it. Uh. Um, made famous in uh, the movie gone with the wind, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, Side note there. but yeah, man, the combination for me, the combination of music theory with some of that natural ability to hear chords and understand Western harmony, you know, 12 notes in a scale. It's not rocket science, but, but it is rocket science, how they work together and, 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 and change the way people feel and think and stuff, you know, but yeah, man, that combination of music theory with a little bit of aptitude to be natural with it, is um super strong in, in who I am as a musician. Yeah. You know, one of the biggest uh, aspects of being a musician is the ability to play in time. You know, there's, there's people of course that have a really difficult time with that. Did, is that something that came natural for you or are you somebody that plays along with a click track, even in the early days of rehearsing and practicing and, and developing yourself? Or is it a little bit of both for you? A little bit natural, a little bit of practice? A little bit of both. But I, I mean, if I had to say something that was, especially in my early days, a struggle, how, you know, that tempo is a tough one. How, how can you make that pocket perfect? Mm-hmm. It, there's a lot there, man. There's a lot to unfold. Um, and again, even, even where I am right now, 52 years old, I'm still trying to evolve and figure that out. Yeah. But I feel really comfortable with where I am and and knowing how to make a pocket, you know. But it's it's a lot to unfold on that timing. And yeah, again, we were able to do things like record to a click track in our teenage years. Yeah. It's super hard to do. Mm-hmm. But by the time we were in our 20s, it was pretty easy for us to do. And we're still evolving. We're still trying to learn how to do that. But um Man, when we're on stage, it's a, you know, I, I got Johnny Rab next to me. So it's, it's about, it's about pocket and feel. And, and, and that's a, um, like I said, that's a, um, that's a taste thing. And it's an ever evolving, how do, how do I do this the best I can do it, you know, with my bandmates, because you're also, it's not an individual thing. The pocket right. is, is multiple right. people coming together. Right. I, I'm going to, I'm going to take a guess and say that your, your influences and, the type the the people that you like in the music that you like is probably eclectic you're probably somebody that likes a little bit of everything all over the map and, and would i be fair in saying that oh sure sure yeah. for sure i mean even when i was a music major i was totally into symphonies and, and the, the impressionist period with the pianos chopin list 
Uh, I love some strong bluegrass. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's not much, you know, that I, I can't find. It, it's art, you know, uh, even dare I say it, there's some country artists I think are amazing, you know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Although for the most part, sometimes that can get a little canned. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you miss the days of Glenn Campbell and Roy Clark. And, oh, I love me some Glenn Campbell, know? man. Yeah. I, I saw the, I was watching 70s video channel. It was streaming and I just threw it on in the background and Rhinestone Cowboy came on and <laughs> I swear to you that melody was stuck in my head for about a solid two weeks a solid two weeks man yeah some of them country players are uh they're scary you know I've spent time with Vince Gill and Brent Mason and you know yeah. guys like that and they're scary people nitty-gritty dirt band dude let's yeah. go all the way back yeah it's scary that but the playing is I mean their ability is just I I mean I I, don't, I can't even fathom yeah it. those ears and that and that feel and that and that stuff is superb yeah yeah so the reason i was i was kind of going down that that path was was i'm kind of curious do you have any like closet obsessions when it comes to music in other words you know there's some guys that won't admit you know i i love smooth jazz or i you know i'm a big fan of lady gaga or whatever it is do you have anything like that is there somebody I, I, I think maybe a, if I told y'all how much I love Adele, that might surprise people. That vocal just makes me melt. Yeah, she's amazing. It. Yeah, she's yeah. extremely talented. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah, I don't think there's anything that crazy that, that I mean, you know, I've got some good influences. Like I always mention, and, and a lot of musicians mention this band, but King's X, and they're still out, they're still out rocking. But uh, King's X was always one that, like, if you talk to the average person, they don't really know that band. And I, I was, uh, and I still am uh, deeply, deeply affected and in love with their sound. Yeah, that that is that is a really great band. So have you ever or do you release music not under your name? You know, there's artists that, you know, because of the lane that you're in as a musician, because what you're known as, you know, you might want to put out a bluegrass album, let's say, and you don't want people to know that it's you because you don't want to upset fans or something like that. Have you ever done that? Or do you do that? No, I haven't done that, but it's funny. I mean, so we, we keep saying bluegrass, but I do want to do a Americana almost stomp grass with a little, little edge. I do want to do a record like that. I would, if I did something like that, first off, I'm, I'm proud of all of it, whatever. I'm not trying to hide anything, but I would just name it something else, name it a different project. And, and me, Ed and Dean, you know, going back to the very beginning, we always knew that, as individuals, if we were able to explore other things outside of collective soul, it's just going to make us stronger. So we always embrace each other's ideas when we want to do something outside the band. And uh, it's nothing that we feel like we have to, you know, hide, you know, we, right. we embrace it. Yeah. So, so what do people know, uh, you know, with what's going on right now with collective soul? Well, we just wrapped up another record. We are, uh, in full swing with the quintessential documentary, uh, collective soul documentary, that'll be out next year. So 2024, uh, you should hear a lot about us, man. I, I, it'll be picked up by one of your streaming services that you all know. And, uh, I'm excited for people to see that. Um, we just finished a record where we, we, uh, recorded in Elvis's Palm Springs home. Uh, <laughs> and that was all the month of January. We lived in Palm Springs and, uh, 
embedded ourselves in the community and we're at Elvis's house pretty much every day recording new tracks. So that record will come out sometime around the documentary next year as well. So there's, there's a lot going on with collective soul right now. We're, uh, it's still just all up in our veins and our, in our heart, man, it pumps music still. Yeah. Yeah. So are you guys touring right now? Are you getting ready to go on tour? Yeah. The end of uh, this month, we crank up pretty good. And uh, by, you know, through May, through, uh, through uh, early fall, through September, we'll, we'll get in 75 shows probably. Yeah. Really good. Well, I tell you what, Will, man, I really appreciate your time. It's an absolute pleasure talking to you. And I wish you and the band the best of luck, you know? Yeah. Cheers, man. Thank you. Um, check out the real to real Facebook page. We'll, we'll, we'll be sending out some of our artists that we're producing right now. I got, I got odd army from California up behind me right now. I'm about to work on their mix. So I'll send you some links, man. So you can check out some music. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'd love to have some of those artists, you know, possibly on the show. Oh, and it'd be awesome. That'd be, that'd be great. We'll yeah. start looking some of that stuff up, man. All right. Very cool. Stuff. Will. Yep. All right, man. Thanks. Cheers, man. Next time. Thank yeah. you. Take care. Yeah.